Welcome back to the iFlow Radio podcast, everyone. This is David. I'm here with Max Weissman. He is a high school student from Wilton High School and an avid iFloater. So, Max, thanks for being here on the iFlow Radio podcast. It's good to be here, David. Before we get started, I'm going to give a shout out to FlotationLocations.com. FlotationLocations.com is a really great website for people to find out where float centers are located. So, if you're interested in floating and you're trying to find a float center near you, go to flotationlocations.com. All right, Max, so I invited you to be on the iFloat Radio podcast. You're going to be the first high school student, the youngest oh, really? the youngest guest on the iFloat Radio podcast. Wow, that's, it's an honor. Thank you. So how was your float today? We'll start with that. How did your float go? Oh, it was great. I am very calm right now. I am... I don't know, I, I just go into a state of mind of just complete like nothingness. I kind of forget what I was thinking, but you know, I don't really know what uh, what thoughts I had during the float. How did you first get interested in floating? Um, you know, the Joe Rogan podcast. There were two other guys that came today, they both came at the same time. Probably about, probably each of them was probably about 25 years old, mm-hmm. and they didn't know each other. So the first guy comes in and he says, I heard about it through the Joe Rogan podcast. And this other guy walks in and says, I heard about it through the Joe Rogan podcast. So I joke with people that I have to give him some free floats if he ever comes by to yeah. iFloat. You know, just Definitely. Because he's a big, a big proponent of it. And the, the same question I'm going to ask you is the same question I asked with both of these guys today. Because, yeah, they heard... Joe Rogan talking about floating, but there was something in them that inspired them to come because there are a lot of people who listen to the Joe Rogan podcast who don't float, but for some reason they came and for some reason you came. So what was it What was it that, that drew you or attracted you to actually experience floating for the first time? You know, Joe Rogan is very like, like when he talks about something, it's almost like, how can I not try that? Because he's so like, into it like when he talks about it he talks about with such passion that if I didn't do it I would just feel like I would feel almost bad like I'm missing out on something amazing and what were you looking to not miss out on I mean obviously you could say floating but what was it about it that you thought that's something that I want to experience yeah definitely the um, just the state of mind you're in it's just a complete unknown state of mind that when you when you go inside of it, it's like you just completely lose yourself, or you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you lose sense of who you are. I don't know. It's so interesting. I can't really explain it. A few weeks ago, you came in, and we we talked about some stuff. And the next day, I just kind of checked in, and you were talking about how you were encouraging your friends to mm-hmm. come flow. Why do you think? It's good for high school students to float, or why were you encouraging your friends to do it? Well, you know, I mean, high school is such a, it's just so stressful, like, you have so much on your mind, and my brain, like, has a capacity, I can't do all these things, and when you go flow, it's like, it's not even, like, I don't escape, it's almost like I go deeper into myself and realize, like, how not important, you know, like everything is you know 
And what would be one of the things that you realized maybe wasn't as important as you thought? I don't know, like, definitely, like, grades, like, the idea of grades, like, how it's testing me on my knowledge when really it's just a letter. Like, I don't know, it's it's tough to explain, but, like, testing itself, it's, like, the idea of testing, I don't know, it just doesn't really have much meaning to it. You know, I can't really... Like, how are you testing my knowledge? Like, you you know, you don't really know who I am. I don't know, it's just such a weird idea. I just don't understand it. And how did, um, how did your experience with floating, like, change that? Well, it made me realize that, like, life, you know, has more value to it other than just grades. That's what I saw in floating. So you were stressed about grades, and then yeah. after you were floating, you weren't as stressed about them? Definitely. What about, one of the things we talked about when you were here last time was how, um, do you remember you were a little, you said afraid to actually go into mm-hmm. float. Do you remember what we talked about that day at all? Um, no, not, not quite, why? I think you were talking a little bit about how there was a part of you that was almost kind of like resistant to school Mm -hmm. and you were looking at like what what that was actually about for you so the when you talk about like that that you realize that the grades weren't that important Mm -hmm. what what became important for you instead of the grades like if the grades stopped being important like what 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 shifted in terms of what was important Uh, that's a good question um i don't know i think a lot of what's important to me is kind of independence like i kind of learned that you know i mean school is one thing and my dad taught me this too school is one thing but i'm like more important as a person than just you know a's and b's and c's like, yeah, I definitely, that definitely comes out of me when I go in a float and I start thinking about this. It's like, I really don't look at floating as escaping, more of like going into, going into myself. And I come out and I feel much better. Definitely. Well, that's always helpful. And have you discovered anything in particular about yourself aside from the fact that, you know, the grades aren't the most important thing? Any other things that you've noticed shifting for you, whether it's like the day after a float or um, uh, just in general through going in there? Um, you know, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, th- I kind of think that independence is definitely a thing that like, I learned from floating. I definitely feel like like flowing is literally just all you. Like there's nothing else. It's just your brain. So when you're focusing so much on it, you learn a lot about yourself as a person. So I definitely think independence is definitely one of my learning floats. Okay, great. Uh, and anything else to add in terms of uh, 
Hey, what do you think as a high school student are some of the challenges that high school students face, like given your experience? Like what are some of the difficult things that high school students deal with in today's world? Well, definitely the pressure of school itself. You know, the, you know, parents put a lot of pressure on kids to do well. And definitely, you know, going back to grades, you know, if you don't get good grades, you're going to get grounded or something or you're not going to get like some, you know, kids focus so much on grades themselves. They don't really understand that life has more to it, I think. And I think if they float, especially students, they could definitely see more value in life. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. I think that even when I was a student, there was an overemphasis on grades. There was this emphasis on like if if you if you accomplish this thing, then you have value, and if you don't accomplish this thing, then you don't have value. And sometimes it's not just about grades. Sometimes it's about like music, or it's about sports, or it's, it's about mm-hmm. achieving like a certain status in a particular field of endeavor. And while it is important for people to accomplish things that they set out for, their whole like sense of value isn't dependent upon like what kind of grades they get necessarily mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah and I think that the other thing that can happen in a school is that there's this cult-like mentality that everybody's going after this particular thing which which really eliminates this sense of, of the individual and, and what it is that individual can actually bring out into the world that's unique to that person. Mm-hmm. So rather than like everybody going after this one thing, giving people, giving students the opportunity to slow down and to figure out like where is it that they can bring their unique gifts out into the world. Because if they go in there and they slow down, the first thing is that they realize that they actually have maybe thoughts that are strange, thoughts that don't really match that whole cult, like I have to get the right grades and I have to get into the right school, but like maybe it's like, okay, I actually am thinking about doing this thing or I have to do this thing, or maybe I still can get good grades and I still can get into the right schools, but I don't actually have to think the way maybe I thought I had to think. Maybe there's also this other thing that I'm interested in. because I do see that just in having lived here for about three years in this area, there is definitely, it appears, a lot of pressure that kids yeah. put on themselves to try to be something. And sometimes it's the right fit, but sometimes, increasingly, I, I see sometimes the kids feel a little bit uh, frustrated mm-hmm. because because they, they think that they have to be a certain way. And I think that's true in general, like it's not just this area because kids, when they're in high school, they're confronted with all of these pressures because kids really do want to fit in. They don't want to have enemies. They don't want to have fights with other kids and stuff. So there's this whole kind of like, how can I get through my day and still not have any problems with people, but still be me? Yeah. And that's like something that kids really wrestle with well, everywhere. But around here, um, they, they wrestle with that in the sense of, I think, uh, oftentimes with like achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that this pressure coming from the parents, I kind of, or 
I don't think that they're born to think that, oh my God, I need to get good grades. I kind of think that it's maybe culture, it's brought on by the culture of, you know, if I get good grades, then I'm going to be, you know, a lawyer, what I want to be. When they, yeah, you're right. They really don't see that there's something that makes them unique that they could, you know, really go for in life. That's yeah, and it's not just about grades because I am aware that there can be, for example, other things that, that where kids are putting pressure on themselves could be like sports. Like yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. And there are people in my family, for example, who who talk about that with me about how parents sometimes put an enormous amount of pressure on their kids or, or it's not even coming from the parents. Sometimes the kids are putting pressure on themselves because mm-hmm. ultimately it's like, you know, the kids ultimately are the ones who decide whether or not to, to focus on these things or not. But it's definitely a challenge in today's world, at least in this area that I observe, where kids sometimes are just trying to, I think it's trying to fit in. They're trying to fit into what they think is the way that things have to be. And I think I was telling your dad earlier that I think it's great that you're taking the time to come to iFloat and to slow down so that you can figure out what's going to work best for you. Mm-hmm. That it's not about being frustrated all the time about things. It's about you slowing down and, and trying to step out of the frustration, whatever wherever it's coming from, mm-hmm. and maybe approach things in a really different way, which for you is kind of realizing that that it's not about the grades, it's about like mm-hmm. who maxes. Yeah. yeah, and you're right, I definitely do have probably too much frustration, which is um, filtered through my mom, and then me and her just getting many arguments. But I kind of think that when I do float, I kind of, like, yeah, I remember last time we talked about, I learned to just go with the flow rather than needing to yell at my parents. Yeah, which really helps. And then that is another thing that I think a lot of students could definitely benefit with. If any, like, troubles with their family, I really think they, an hour of floating just gives them time to think more about what really makes them mad and kind of tackles the problem. Yeah, because if there's frustration between you, let's say, and your mom or you and another person, that, that when there is tension between two people... Both people are probably contributing to that, but mm-hmm. we cannot change other people. We can only change ourselves. We can only change the thoughts that are going on in our mind. And so what happens when a person floats is they begin to explore that their frustration with a particular person, uh, there may be facets of it that are based in reality, but there may be facets where their frustration is this internally consistent pattern that isn't just a, with that person, it's with this person, it's with that person, it's with that teacher, it's with that assignment. There's just like, and all of a sudden they realize like, wait, I'm just frustrated. And, and then they can explore like what that might be about. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, all of a sudden, maybe you might realize that, okay, you know, I can actually approach this person in a different way. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes with parents, what happens with, uh, and that's including my own, when we go into the float tank, we're able to slow down to a brainwave state where we're not experiencing emotion. 
And when we can get into that brainwave state where we're not experiencing, we're actually not in this, we're not experiencing frustration, then we can actually, it's like we're outside of the frustration. And then all of a sudden we can look back at it almost like a movie and be like, wow, that really doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced that at all? Yeah, definitely. I kind of think it's hard to, like, I, whenever I'm in the flow, I'm always thinking, like, try to remember this moment. But, like, I can never quite remember, like, what was I thinking during the flow? Because but I definitely feel like it's almost like I come out of my body where I just do not have, like, a thought, like, in the world. Like, I'm just not thinking. Is that, like, going, going to, like, there's just no emotion? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely, that makes sense. Yeah, because you're, you're having thoughts, but they're very slow. Yeah, and I always, like, was wondering about that. Yeah, they're thoughts that are not charged with emotion, mm-hmm. which is very freeing for people, and at times can be a little, at first can be a little <laughs> challenging for people because they're so accustomed to their emotions. Mm-hmm. And emotions are wonderful, but when we can, can really turn down the emotions including emotions that aren't working very well, then all of a sudden there's a sense of, of clarity and there's a sense of peace, which becomes a touchstone yeah. for you to be able to, um, to look at something. Curiously, I remember we talked about this. What do you suppose might be the root of like your frustration, whether it's with your mom or other people? Like What, what might be a facet of that for you? Hmm. Well, probably, um, I kind of think it comes from, like, I don't think that my parents probably, it's probably my parents that I don't think that they're quite accepting, like, of, you know, I mean, my mom, she probably does get, she used to get much more angry at bad grades. And now that I've had bad grades, she, like, accepts it much more. But I definitely still think that a lot of my frustration comes from uh, the like me thinking that they they don't accept who I am, which I mean I know that's not true, but that's probably where the frustration comes from. Which I I'd have to say is a lot of cases of high school students they don't think they're accepted by their parents, yeah, their family even. They, they, that there's like some pattern of them believing that people don't accept them for who they are. Yeah, which is not true. I mean, it's just. I don't know. Do you know where that like thought would come from? Do you ever see that happening for you in exi- in situations that are not in relation to your parents, where you sometimes catch yourself maybe thinking that people aren't accepting you, whether it's sometimes your peers or even teachers or things like that? Um, with with friends, I um, I'm much more like relaxed with them. I don't know. I, I don't really quite think about not acceptance around social groups. I guess with teachers I do though, like teachers I'm like this this lady hates me and I get angry at her and then you know I end up not doing well in her class usually, which results in my mom being angry at me. But I think it's all just myself and my own emotion, which like brings me to think, oh she doesn't like me, so why would I try studying in her class? Like, which is just not a good thought to have. Well, it's not all that helpful because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy exactly, yeah. that you you decide that and then you actually do that. But if you remember last time you were here, I talked about the way the mind is structured and how our emotions are controlled by beliefs we formed early in life. Mm-hmm. It's very hierarchical in terms of how the mind works, but 
it sounds almost, and this may be inaccurate, but it almost sounds like there's something about, uh, not with you and your peers, but when it becomes an authority figure. Yeah. Um, there's something about you believing that they don't accept you. That's completely true. I have such problems with authority that you know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that might come. That might become a problem, like as you get older and you have a job. Trust right? me, my mom tells me that every day. <laughs> she tells. So, um, and so the place to to start looking at that, you know, at some point, would be to look at like where you even remember that first happening for you. Like when when is the what is the first memory you have? Uh, where you decided or you believed that someone in authority, whether it was a parent or an uncle or an aunt or who knows what, that that you 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 perceive them as 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 not accepting, uh, but but you're not the first person to have that that pattern in your mind, and it's something that people who come here and people who take our classes here, that they often will see that they believe to some extent that their parents think there's something wrong with them or their parents wronged them in some way and one of the things that I always point out to people is that like parents are are hardwired to love their children one of the examples would be if, if, if you were in a house and it caught fire and your parents were outside the firefighters would have to pin your parents down for them to not run in and save you mm -hmm. So that that love is there. They would risk their lives for you. Yeah. So so they do they do love you, uh, but there may be places where they, 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 their love expresses in a way where they want good things for you, as as all parents want for their kids. And so yeah. for your parents, it might be like in the form of like wanting you to perform well in school, so mm -hmm. that in their mind you become something that they perceive to be someone who's going to have like a high quality of life for example mm -hmm. that's how they're seeing it yeah. not be how you see it definitely so it's about helping people to distill out the difference between uh what's real and what's what's not real or what you perceive versus what's there and it's and again it's not to say that that you can't disagree with your parents because of course that's important and that's going to happen anyways yeah but it's about like you getting to this place where it's like, okay, my parents do love me and they, they do accept me for who they am. And yet as parents, their job is to also challenge me because mm -hmm. they're also teachers and their job is to say, well, you're here, but maybe you can stretch over here. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but that, yeah, that whole perception of, of authority figures is, is not accepting you yeah, that, that's definitely something to question at least and to explore because it may have many facets of it. Yeah, no, and the more you're able, going to be able to, to, to separate that and look at your teachers, for example, and, and not decide that they're, that they're not accepting you would, would be helpful. And, and the other way of just looking at it, and this is something that I was talking to somebody recently about, is that when we decide or we expect that somebody thinks we're stupid or somebody thinks this or they don't accept us oddly enough we're the ones that are doing that to them mm -hmm. like yeah, we're the ones who are saying like you are this and we're putting a little box we're putting them in this invisible box and they have no idea that we're doing it mm -hmm. but we're doing it 
and so it's like it's like why would we do that yeah. to other people you know a thought that I always have and this is probably not right but when I look at a teacher, I always think, oh, you think you're so much better than me. Oh, you could just teach me about Shakespeare. Why would I want to know this? Like, no, but I know that's not a good thought to have, and it negatively affects me. And she's probably just teaching me it just because she ha- she's a teacher. She has to teach the subject. But I never could think, like, I think that floating, going back to floating, it makes me a much more open-minded person, where, like, Instead of getting angry, like, oh, why do you teach me this? Like, I don't need to know this. I just go with the flow, like you said. Yeah, go with the flow. And and interestingly, I was a teacher for eight years. I was a high school mm-hmm. teacher. I taught biology mostly. Yeah. And for most people who go into teaching, the subject matter is not what's most important. The reason I went into teaching was to be a positive influence yeah, in the lives exactly. of youth. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, these teachers who are sitting there talking about Shakespeare yeah. are really just using Shakespeare as an interface mm-hmm. to connect with you, to actually have a relationship with you. And that's what brings them a sense of fulfillment is, is for them to, to sit in front of the class and to sit with you and your, your peers and, and to actually be relating with you and to to invite this opportunity for you to think about different things and stuff. So what helps is for you to put yourself in, in their shoes yeah. and instead of deciding, like, find out, you know, even ask, like, why are you a teacher? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I have to tell you, though, there's some teachers where, you know, you just, I mean, you, you knew teachers when you were a teacher in high school. There's some teachers where it's so clearly... They're just a mean, a mean person. Like, and I feel like that kind of teacher, the one that's just a really mean person that like likes seeing that kids are sad when they get a grade that is bad. I feel like that teacher kind of ruins it for the good teachers. You know what I'm saying? It can, and and that that may be. There may be. There are some people who are like that. Yeah. But the other thing is, and this is again approaching it from you is that there may be places where you perceive that to be happening maybe more than it actually is or that mm-hmm. you you like, attach yourself to that experience of that person because I don't I think there are a lot more teachers that aren't like that than there are yeah, teachers definitely. that are like that mm-hmm. and so there's very few like that there are very few so so I would caution you because because it's easy to just attach oneself to that and then just kind of brushstroke everybody else. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot more effort to to actually get to know each teacher, and and again, each person, each day is a, is a unique day. So we don't know, like maybe that teacher had a bad day, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they have a son or daughter and they're sick and they got like an hour of sleep last night, yeah. and so they're kind of grouchy, and and we can kind of just sit back and be like, okay, that person's having a bad day but it's not like every day. Who knows? But my point is is that I think what you're saying is that by coming into flow, you're, as you describe it, going with the flow, but it, it seems like you're, the way I would explain going with the flow is that a person's actually paying attention to the flow between them and other people. They're starting to pay attention to the fact that the teacher is not an object, but a person mm-hmm. with a history who was once a kid, who was once a baby, and they have a complex life just like you do, and they have struggles yeah. just like you do. And the more you can kind of like tune into that, and, and the same with your parents, right? Mm-hmm. The probably easier 
things become. Yeah. Well, what makes that hard for me is that that's a great point, David, but I don't think that the teacher could see my complexion. The Like, you know, just putting so much work on me, it's kind of like, you know, I have more work to do. I can't just do another essay and then study for like three subjects and tests. I mean, it's just really tough. But yeah, I kind of think that I do need a bit more empathy for authority figures. And yeah, I guess a couple float sessions could help me work on that aspect. It could. And, and the other way of looking at it is even to deconstruct the whole idea of authority figure. Mm-hmm. What does that really mean, authority figure? I mean, I'm the one who, who put it out there, but people perceive that these these other individuals are authority figures when in fact they're really just another person in our lives who maybe has more life experience that they're trying to like impart upon us. And, and yeah, again, I'm not in your situation and I'm not familiar with the classes that you're in, but I know that having been a teacher, uh, I would often push my students really hard. Mm-hmm. But if a student kind of told me that they were struggling in a certain thing, I would, I would, I would sit down with them, and 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 so I would push my students all to different levels depending on what they are capable of doing. But if I ever saw that a student wasn't living up to their potential, that I saw that they were being dishonest with themselves about mm-hmm. what they really could do, I would call them out on it mm-hmm. and say, you are not doing what you're capable of doing. So I, I wouldn't push students into places that I knew they couldn't do things, mm-hmm. but I would kind of sit there and be like, but you can do this thing, can't you? Yeah. And almost every time they would smile and they would say, you're right, I can mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the case for you, that maybe there are some things where it's maybe too much for you and some things where maybe you actually could be growing, you know, in a way. I don't know. But um, it's, it's, it's not a perfect system school. It's, it's yeah. not. But it's, it's a, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a learning opportunity for people to look at, like, how they are in relation, you know, to other people. And, um, but I think it's great that, that you're taking the opportunity to start to to slow down, to mm-hmm. slow your mind down, Definitely. and to look at these things because because it's a it's a lifelong process mm-hmm. of exploring ourselves. It never ends. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> so anything else that you would say in terms of your experiences floating? What you would say to to teens? in this area or anywhere about why they should float anything else you'd like to add oh well because you're the authority and that's the strange (laughs) thing that given the people who are listening to this you are in a unique position because there's a fair number of teens that come here but not a whole lot and i think that you have really been leveraging this Mm -hmm. in a way that most teens aren't leveraging it and so I think it is good for you to to share just your insights about that experience. Well, I'm definitely curious why. Like, why do most teens come here? Like, do they talk to you about it? Because I I don't know anyone in my school that goes here. I mean, I tell everyone, and I don't know. And they all say, yeah, I'll give it a try, as anyone from Wilton High School. There have been students from Wilton High School who have come here, but none 
lately that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. There is another student from Trumbull High School who's been coming here a lot with his father, and he started coming here, I think, just because his father mentioned it to him, and he, it's been helping him tremendously with reducing stress, with performing better at school. Mm-hmm. And I've had other students from different high schools in the area come here. But you have been coming here. In many ways, you were the driving force in your family. I know your dad has floated, and I think yeah. your brother, brother has did, floated. He and, only did it once, though. I'm so pissed at him yeah. because he only did, gave it one try. That's like okay. Let's see. The thing is, if we can't can't control other people, yeah, that's true. No, I'm not ourselves. actually pissed at him. Yeah, he's a good person. I accept him. <laughs> he's a wonderful person. Yeah. Uh, but the but yeah, that's that's the thing, and I think that a lot more teens would benefit from it. Last year, I met a woman from New Canaan. It was a mother from New Canaan. And she works in the health and wellness field. And she hadn't heard about iFloat. And when I told her about it, she was astounded because she was telling me about these stress centers in Fairfield County, which I still have never been to. But apparently there are these centers for stress in Fairfield County, and they have these giant waiting lists for students to, to enroll with them and enroll in them so that the students can reduce stress. But I think that, that there are a lot of teens that are going through hard times Definitely. for different reasons. And coming here would be really helpful to them for not just not just at, at a basic stress reduction level, but also in terms of performance so that when they can float, they won't be so stressed out about their exams, they won't be so yeah. stressed out about what people are thinking about them. They can get to this state of mind in there where they're not experiencing emotion. And that can be this touchstone. So when they're at school the next day or they're at school that week, the things that maybe used to knock them over in terms of whether it's peer pressure, you know, academic stress maybe isn't quite as impactful uh, in, a, in a negative sense that it, that it had been. Yeah. One definitely, one bad thing like a lot of high school students do is they, they try to escape their problems using drugs and alcohol. And if, I mean, floating, like if you float, you'll just realize that you don't need drugs and alcohol to kind of you know, I mean, that's not going to help the problem. That's, if anything, it's just going to make it worse because then you're just going to need to depend on more substances and chemicals to try and make you happy when you realize that it's just not going to, it's not going to fix the problem. Where floating, I really think, like, it's not, it's not escaping. You go deeper into the problem and you realize that there is no problem after all. It's just yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But the, the, the way I explain it to people is the only way out of the trap is through the trap. Yeah. And the traps are in our mind. That's a good saying. I and, didn't remember that. Yeah, it's a good saying. And, and, I, and, and I'm, in terms of teenagers <laughs> using drugs and alcohol, I think part of the challenge with it is that they might collect together and do it and... All they're doing is is numbing themselves, but not really. There's there's no. They're like surrounding themselves with other people who maybe are in a similar situation, and so it just everything stays the same. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes. Yeah. Whereas if people come here, they're going into this slower brainwave state, and they come out, and they are in an environment that's very supportive of them going through the trap. And so they might come out and they might say, I feel really good. And there's no, 
negative anything around them so the people around you whether it's me or other people who are here are gonna agree with you that you do feel better that you're actually in a better state of mind if you come out and you experienced some challenges whether you were thinking about this or that there's an environment set up for somebody to encourage you again to go through the trap to say hey that's actually not in tune with reality and you can say oh really it's not because of this or that it's like no it's because of this and, and then again that's that's someone here encouraging you to walk through whatever that that thing is in your mind so when you leave here you are always progressing forward you, you you're you have moved from point a to point b or point a to point e or whatever it is mm -hmm. that there's this there's this structure here where you're going in as you described as sinking into yourself and then when you come out, there's at least another person who's saying like, yeah, like you did move from this place to that place, even if it was a subtle shift. Mm -hmm. And that's a different kind of thing, you know, for people. It's a diff It's a difference. And uh, teens need that difference. Mm -hmm. They need that place to you know, move forward. And, but yes, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's tough, and that's why I float. That's to try to get through it, and I go into the trap. I come out, and I get very calm and relaxed. And you and you have your little, uh, you know, you you go in and you hunt, and you come out with your the thing, whatever it is that you killed, and you go home yeah. and roast it. And yeah. Instead of uh, instead of it, take having control over you. And I always tell teens that come here, or maybe college students, that I, I wish that I had access to a place like this when I was young because it would have made things easier mm -hmm. for me because I actually developed chronic fatigue syndrome when I about two years after graduating from college mm -hmm. because I had so much unconscious stress mm -hmm. operating in my mind and I had to start meditating in order to reduce the stress and it took me took me a long time to be able to work through it and I was working through it on my own I didn't have like any other person uh, at the time like helping me. It was just I just had to deal with it. But to be able to come to a place where teens can start to like let go and they can start to move into states of mind that are that are really beneficial for them and, and for each person it's unique to them. Mm -hmm. It's about each person sinking into themselves and saying, Okay, this is who I really am and, and this is this is how I'm gonna gonna move through the world and this is how I'm gonna pass my biology exam or my Shakespeare exam mm -hmm. in the way that I can do it then that's really exciting because they they start to realize that that they're unique and that it's okay for them to be unique and that despite what they may have thought people actually support them in a in approaching things in their in their unique way yeah that definitely speaks to me yeah, it does because like part of what goes on in communication is that most communication is nonverbal. Mm -hmm. So if you walk into a classroom and you're being and you're respecting yourself and you're transmitting the sense of respect for the teachers and the other people in the room, mm -hmm. what you say to them is going to be well received mm -hmm. because you're going to say, "Hey, you know, I understand that you want me to do it this way, but would it be okay if I do it this way?" Mm -hmm so that I could like approach it in this way and they're probably going to say like yeah I mean they may or may not I don't know but if, if a person walks in the room and they have this kind of chip on the shoulder maybe with like a sharp edge mm -hmm. 
and they say, can I do it this way? Like, I want to do it this way. Yeah. Then, then what happens is this kind of like, screw you mm-hmm. thing gets transmitted. It's not said, but it's then, transmitted. Yeah. And, the and they're say, like, no, screw you now. too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they don't realize that they're even doing it. This is, this is largely like outside of people's awareness. Mm-hmm. They, may, they might realize it like a minute after the fact, like, wow, did I just say it that way? <laughs> But, but by you coming here, you're able to slow down enough and free up more circuitry in your mind where you can start to actually like, think that way, mm-hmm. where you can actually transmit a sense of respect so that you actually get what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the only, like, the part that makes me frustrated at teachers is that I've, and I think that they don't respect me, which, I mean, that's probably just... Like that's just not true. I mean, I that's yeah. my own problem. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's that edginess that that is in your mind, and 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 again, it's and it's not so much that I'm blaming you or I'm blaming them or I'm judging or whatever, but yeah. but what I've perceived or what I've observed and experienced is that that in some ways it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what's going on for them if you get in a state of mind where you're going to transmit respect. Yeah. to other people then that actually can cut through what's going on for them so if they're like in a not so great state of mind and you kind of come in and you're like hey you know like and, and you come with a good respectful intention oftentimes it, it kind of goes right below where they're not having such a good day and they're like wow mm-hmm. thank you even you know yeah. and so that's just that's just what I've experienced and yeah. so you can kind of it's an opportunity for you to to step outside of the I'm gonna react to what they're doing and instead you walk in and you say you know what this is actually what I'd like to do I'd like to approach this in this way and you kinda you approach it so that you you slip it in and and you get their agreement to do it and then they're happy because you're learning and you're happy because you get what you want mm-hmm which is different and that's what happens for people when they come here is they actually start to be able to tap into states of mind where they can say yeah I really want to approach my class this way this is what I'd like and you can or whatever class anything Mm. you know but uh, it's uh, when when someone's charismatic and they're smiling uh, people often can't not agree with them yeah that's true. <laughs> they can't. It's hard to be angry at a happy person. That's right. A happy, passionate, charismatic person. They're just going to shake their head and they're going to be like, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to laugh about it later. Exactly. So, yeah. Just a different way of approaching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's easy to be angry at a frustrated person, and I've learned that the hard way. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's probably why you came here, was that you were like, hmm, maybe they're... There are, there are easier ways. So instead of everything being hard, there are easier ways. And I think that a lot of what draws people to come to iFloat is not something that's conscious. It's like this unconscious desire to have more harmony in their life. Yeah. They can't explain it, but there's this draw where they're like, there must be an easier way. And that's what got me into meditation. I was like, this is too hard. There has to be an easier way. And I couldn't explain why I started meditating, but I just did. Even though it was awful and I hated it, it was so hard, I knew that if I kept doing it, it would get easier and it would make my life easier, and it did. And it led me into all these things such as like floating and stuff like that. But I think that that's probably 
what has drawn you here is a desire to be able to to get what you want mm-hmm. and to shape your lives and, and to inter- and interact with people in a way so that you're getting what you want. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right. I feel like you know more about me than myself. Like, I'm learning a lot about myself right now. I um, just observe people, that's all. You're very good at that. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. No, yeah, definitely. All right, well, cool. Well, this I think that any teenager who listens to this and maybe even people who aren't teenagers will find it interesting and mm-hmm. educational. Yeah, uh, and then you could podcast them. I can podcast them, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for, for people who are listening, you can write reviews of the iFloat Radio podcast. Um, the, Max's father was asking me if a lot of people listen to it I think you were asking me and I was thinking yeah there's a fair number of people who who listen but the more people who make reviews of the iFloat Radio podcast the more people will listen to it so write reviews of the iFloat Radio podcast on iTunes and you can also listen to us on the website and stay tuned for the next iFloat Radio podcast and and be sure to check out flotationlocations.com and just thank you Max again for being the first teenager oh on the iFloat Radio podcast. Hopefully you'll be on again yeah, and we'll track your, your progress. A free float. Time. In a free float, <laughs> free yeah, floats. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> thank, thank you, you so much, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>